Rebirth, your source for current Supergirl comics that started with DC Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 31, which was written by Mark Andreco, pencils by Kevin McGuire and, and Eduardo Pensica, inks by Eber or Eber Ferreira and Sean Parsons, colors by FCO Placencia. Placencia. The description for this issue reads, quote, The House of L is united in this Superman-Supergirl crossover. The Superman family must unite to banish Rogel Czar once and for all. But little do Supergirl, Superman, Superboy, and Jor-El know, Rogel Czar has brought some friends of his own from the Phantom Zone. Supergirl not only has to make sure that Rogel Czar doesn't unite with his axe at all costs, but also has to deal with how the 10-year-old Superboy is now her age. This is the start of an <laughs> intergalactic war you don't want to miss, unquote. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so there was some uh, Superman family uh, team-ups here. They got to spend some time together. So, Morgan, what did you think about uh, Supergirl reuniting with her family in this one? Um, I was really confused. So uh, <laughs> straight up, uh, this is pretty much the only I've been I've fallen way out of comics in like the last year, but definitely way out of the, the DC stuff. So this is pretty much the only DC title I'm reading. And so I was like, wait, like, was he not supposed to be big? <laughs> like, I was just kind of confused by like, she seemed really thrown off by like that John was like a teenager. And I was like, is he not supposed to be a teenager? Yeah, I knew something about how he had gotten bigger, but I didn't know much of that myself. So this was uh, new for me. Uh, apparently, John went through a wormhole, which technically uh, uh, they mentioned a flux generator on top of a tear in the dimensional slide, which seems legit, I guess. Uh, I've never exper experienced or heard about that myself, so I <laughs> guess I guess one can do that if that is something that happens in in these stories. Uh, so he did come out of it as uh, seventeen now. So, and did we know that Supergirl was seventeen, or did the description just mean like he's kind of her age? That's what I. I mean, I wasn't sure either, and I feel like the markers of how old she might be. Um, have fallen away from this story to such an extent that I just don't know. Like in the beginning of rebirth, she had an internship, but was she in high school? I think so. Remember? Yeah. She was in high I school. Cause she, was, she right? I think she went to a dance with Ben. If That's I'm remembering right. okay. it correctly. Yes. Okay. So she is at the, at the, the oldest she can be is like 17 or 18. So yeah, I guess that would make him, just about her age. Yeah, I I didn't even really connect with that until I read that description. I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're the same age then. How old was he before? Does it say? I think it said in the de description, maybe. Yeah, uh, before the wormhole, the flux yeah. generator, he was 10 years old. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't have any of that context reading this. So, like, when she was like, oh, my God, you're so old now. I was like, was he a baby before? <laughs> like, was he? I, I wish they had, like, sort of, and they might have, and that I just missed. But it felt like, 
I wish there had been a little bit more of her being like, I remember the last time I saw you, you were 10 years old or something like that. Like, cause I had no frame of reference for how old he was supposed, how old she thought he was supposed to be. So I was like, I went, so that kind of colored, like how, how shocked is she? Like if you see, you know, somebody you saw yesterday who was, 13 now they're 18 like that's a different level of shock if you saw somebody yesterday and they were 18 months old yeah yeah. (laughs) and now they're 17 like that's a different (laughs) that's a different level of shock this issue felt like we it it felt like um with the omega man when we talked about how it felt like supergirl had been thrust into an omega man story i sort of feel like that's what's happening in this issue where they're trying to combine two different stories uh, a Superman story and a Supergirl story that have an interlocking piece, uh, namely Rogel's are, but it, it seemed like we were kind of jumping into something else from somebody else's <laughs> issues. And I think the Jonathan thing is one of those. Uh, they may have explained it in some other Superman stories. They explained it in the description for this issue. But what if you didn't read that? What if you weren't <laughs> listening to an episode of Supergirl Radio where where we read it and you didn't know? You would you would have no context within the story itself. It was the experience I had, uh, having not looked at this doc early, <laughs> which is that I was like, huh? <laughs> uh, and they do, and they do like to their credit, they kind of explain how he did the rapid aging. Um, which is always fun. One of my favorite, absolute favorite things is when comics have to get you up to speed in like a sentence, but the storyline is crazy. Yeah. So then it's like, Jor-El took him on a tour of the galaxy and John went through a wormhole and got trapped with a crime syndicate for years. <laughs> Time flows differently there. John came back and now he's 17. What was the question? <laughs> it's just like, it's like trying to explain Like I had somebody ask me one time when I watched Pretty Little Liars, like what was happening on Pretty Little Liars? And I was like, and 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 then they they had a face, but it was not their face. It was somebody else's <laughs> face. And there was a bird. And I think the bird was a cannibal. And then and they're like, I'm sorry that I asked any of that. And it's like, you know, if you miss if you miss a bunch of stuff and then you have to like quickly summarize like what's happening, uh, it always sounds kind of absurd. So it's one of my favorite things because I often don't know like what's happening in other books. And they always have to do these quick summaries, and they're always really funny to read. I want to know more about the crime syndicate. Like, I feel like they really glossed over that part. We'll we'll have to uh, may- maybe if uh, the, it presented itself to going into the crime syndicate, that would be a lot of fun <laughs> because they're sort of like an evil version of the Justice League. So, uh, oh, nice. So they uh, they are uh, they're a fun bunch. Um, I think. Ultraman? No, Ultraman is not. Uh, I was about to say he he's sort of like Overgirl, but o- Overman I think is a different version of Superman. Now I'm getting my like alternate Superman <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> there's me- there's multiple. Yes, uh, but yeah, they did sort of um, have to explain something very complicated in a very short amount of time. I. I often like to compare comic books and soap operas because a lot of times they have a lot of similarities. But that's where um, the age thing is where they would split apart and and be different because soap operas don't care to explain it to you. They don't (laughs) they don't have to tell you what happened. Uh, Somebody who was, you know, Cassie on the Young and the Restless could have been 
five years old one week and the next week she's a teenager. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go with it now. Like, they don't care. Uh, but at least <laughs> at least comic books, they actually have a term called soap opera rapid aging syndrome. When, that's that's when, amazing. When you uh, when you age up in character, uh, a character in soap operas, it's called sorazing. It's a term. <laughs> Look it up. Um, so uh, comic books do feel like they need to take that extra step to explain it to you. So I'm glad to have some of that context because uh, I didn't have really the knowledge of that stuff either. So I have a I have a second question, um, which is, is Zorro's alive? Okay, so <laughs> I had to look this up too because I remember hearing something about Jor-El. Yeah, oh, Jor-El. No, I'm sorry. I said Zor-El, which, uh, I mean, he's well, always kind of knocked about, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, Zor-El comes and goes. Is he evil? Is he nefarious? Is he a robot to have half of a cyborg man? I don't know. <laughs> Is he evil? He might be, but it'll surprise Supergirl every time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good because it's it's funny because it's true. Um, yeah, so Jorel, I had to look this up. So, okay, so I'm just going to go off uh, the all-knowing Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Uh, so that's what we're going to go with. Um, so this is the New 52 and DC Rebirth era of Jorel, and it says following two line-wide revisions of DC superhero comic books. Uh, the character Jarrell was revised to be still alive within the book's fictional setting. Uh, the 2017-2019 miniseries Doomsday Clock presented his survival as the act of Dr. Manhattan who whisked Jarrell away as Krypton crumbled and taken to Earth where he crashed in a war-torn nation. And apparently he has all these... Uh, uh, adventures with the war-torn nation. It says, after being nursed back to health by locals, Jorel saw firsthand the atrocities of man as a dictator usurped all of what the people owned, causing them to starve. After witnessing these atrocities, Jorel is forced to watch the horrors of mankind over the centuries and is represented as Mr. Oz, who had been monitoring Superman since his pre-Flashpoint counterpart appeared during storylines of the New 52. So I had heard... I had heard about the Mr. Oz thing, but I didn't know much about that context. So I guess in this version of Superman, they've written it to um, have the survivor of Jor-El, which I don't know how I feel about that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> um, I, it's always just kind of surprised. I feel like they're, uh, they're really re- making the backstory of the super family in, in this run, uh, I guess, or in um, rebirth, because we found out that the destruction of Krypton has to do with the conspiracy involving Gandello and the circle and uh, my boy Rogel Czar, uh and his acts and things. And, and now it's like, well, you always thought that uh, that Superman's father was dead, but like here he is, he's right here. <laughs> so it just feels a little strange. <laughs> feels like the very foundations of the super story they're kind of messing with, which I don't always love. They can take liberties with these stories because why not? Maybe there is a story where Jarrell survives, but it's one of those things for me. It's it's you could write it that way, but should you? 
I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I had, I had mixed feelings. I had mixed feelings on it. And I also felt like, you know, this is a super girl, uh, book. This is a super girl issue, but I just like wanted to know, like, uh, Clark and, 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 Jorel are, are obviously beefing. Like there's some <laughs> yeah. issues there. <laughs> they do not seem like they're getting along. Uh, and I want to like, what's going on there? Like, why are they mad at each other? Like I just had so many, I felt like I came out of this one with a lot of questions, which didn't surprise me a lot because like suddenly she was getting dragged into a Superman, Superboy story. So I was like, Oh, it's probably going to have a lot to do with like what they're up to uh, in their sort of stories. But yeah, I was like, why is he so mad at his dad? Like, is it one of those things where, like, your dad pops back up and you're like, Dad, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Superman. You have to listen to me. Because <laughs> um, I just didn't, like, I was, like, kind of kind of not really understanding what was going on. And also, Kara had, like, no reaction to uh, to to Zorel being alive except to be like oh my uncle I I really he's so annoying it's like yeah but didn't you think he was dead well maybe she knew that Did Jor-El she know? was uh, maybe she already knew that he was still alive I, I don't know I guess because she had no reaction to him being alive and we've been reading all of the rebirth titles and she, I don't think she ever learned it on the page so I guess she just knew it N- no I mean we had seen her hang out with Jonathan before, I think, a long time ago, early in Rebirth. I think they got together with, um, she, I think, ate dinner with Lois and Clark and Jonathan. But we have never seen her, I don't think, find out about Jorel. So that is definitely new to us, at least, in the Supergirl issues. Yeah, that's why I was kind of, like, surprised that she seemed to have a zero reaction to uh to Jarrell and also not even a zero reaction she seemed to be kind of annoyed by him she was like ugh like i like what did she say she says time hasn't added to my uncle's and then charm is in quotes <laughs> <laughs> which is brutal i mean has uh, has clark been calling her being like my dad is being so annoying right now you won't even believe <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't, like, what's happening? It's just surprising. I was like, so she didn't know about John being, like, a teenager, but she did know about Jarrell being alive. It's just hard to know what she does and doesn't know. Well, and let's give her the benefit of the doubt, because uh, a couple of issues ago, we thought that she had a non-reaction to Zender Cole uh, That's being true. connected to Gandello. <laughs> and, and then the next... Very- the first panel of the next issue, she was freaking out about it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe something else is coming. I don't know. It, it seems like changing the whole backstory, which I, I agree with you. If, if they're doing it in, in a way that I found like really interesting or like a new take on the material, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Like I, I'll, I'll go along with that ride. Like that's the fun of comics, right? Is that you have like a million different interpretations of the same general story. So you can get weird with it. But uh, this one just, I don't know, like the conspiracy is not hitting with me. Uh, Jor-El's randomly back, but we don't know why everybody's mad at each other. So <laughs> I don't, I feel pretty disconnected from that. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't really, these, uh, these big changes that they're making, um, 
they're just really not hitting it off with me. And then at that point, you're making changes that aren't like substantially doing anything interesting. Then it feels like, well, why make that change? Yeah, I guess it's sort of sort of akin to Supergirl finding out that Argo City exists and her mother or father is still alive. I guess that's sort of like that. Um, but if you make it so that the parents are alive, then that takes away from the tragedy of the backstory. And yeah. so, so I, I, I kind of wish they wouldn't do those things because it takes away from that heartache and that loss. And I know it, it gives them a happy, happy ending and there's something good in that. And I think that's great, but it also takes away from some of the emotion of the character. So I don't know if uh, having a beef between Jorel and Cal is worth it to take away from that. Oh, I'll never know my father part of Superman. So I don't know. You can play it both ways. I think think it does kind of fundamentally shift the character if, yeah, like you said, like that, you know, that big tragedy suddenly becomes like, well, I do know my father and I don't like him very much right now. Uh, (laughs) Like it's, it's a different vibe. It does certainly. And obviously some of my complaints that I'm making here are because Supergirl is like, blasting into essentially what feels a lot like a, a Superman story. Um, we don't really have all the backstory on that story. And uh, so I'm kind of missing some pieces. Like I'm sure that had I been reading the Superman title and knew what was going on with Jor-El, like maybe some of this would be really exciting for me. Like, okay, this is great. But like coming in as a, just a Supergirl reader, I was just kind of confused. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's it's the downside of only reading one of one of the books and uh, not p- picking up and and I guess we could take the extra step and go read some of those issues, uh, but it's sort that backstory about why he's so mad at his dad. <laughs> Maybe we we could add an addendum uh, to to figure that out. My question that I wanted to pose to you, Morgan, just to see if you understood this when I sort of didn't. But Superman tells Supergirl that he can explain it to her in super speed. <laughs> yeah, he does say that, but then he seems to explain it in just regular speed. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you think that is I feel like is, the text should have been like really small and like all running together <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it it sort of it made me think it was sort of like the speed force where the flash can slow things down or at least keep things normal speed in his area but everything around him is speeding up and so i don't know if that's what they were doing here there are some some artistic uh, depictions that maybe look like it's some sort of speed something or other, but I don't know. It didn't do a very good job, I don't think, to really fully explain what that was about. Yeah, I I didn't really understand how that was supposed to work either. I was mostly... I was also a little bit confused about how the, like, breathing apparatus thing worked john talks about it in the beginning because because car is like wait how how am i talking how am i breathing and uh john john says 
It's my suit. Grandpa made it so it can project an atmosphere a short distance around me. Pretty cool, huh? Does that mean that, like, if she flies away from him, which I think she does at a certain point, she loses the atmosphere that she needs to breathe? (laughs) (laughs) Am 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 I missing something? Like, that seemed to be my interpretation of it. But then she definitely like leaves them behind at some point to go to go mess around with Gandello and go like fight people. I guess she's pretty close to them most of the time that she's fighting like Rogel's are and all those people. So it does seem like it would be a, a major uh, disadvantage if you're like, hold on, hold on. I just have to be close to these two or else I'm going to uh, I'm <laughs> going to not be able to breathe. <laughs> That's a really good question, uh, one I did not think about. But she previously, I think in some issues, she had a spacesuit on. So I think she has to, at least in this rebirth era, I think she has to be wearing some sort of suit in order to breathe in space. So it seems like she would need something extra. So I'm guessing John's suit would give her that, I guess. I don't know. That... That is really interesting because I don't know if it's about her being able to breathe or just or just being able to communicate. Or just talk? Yeah, like I, I don't. Hmm. I just had so many questions. Like, can she breathe on her own in space? Why can she breathe but not talk? If that's the case, like I'm over. I think what's what's it's coming down to is that I overthought a lot of things in this issue. <laughs> I just I got stuck on useless details a lot in this issue. No, I think these are actually really good things to hammer out because these are important questions. I think you're asking all the right questions. These are not useless questions. These are the important ones because I had a lot of questions about Superboy's super suit because it seemed. Very convenient to operate within this story <laughs> where where it uh it can transport you. There's a, a galactic tran- teleportation slide that remembers where you've been, and it can sling slide uh, slingshot very conveniently any Kryptonian to anywhere across uh the galaxy. So I just I I, I kept thinking would. I guess this would be useful for him any time, or did he only have this part of his suit added just to do things within the story? I don't know. <laughs> Those are things I was uh, thinking about. Um, okay, so we've talked about the heroes in this issue, but we also got to see a little bit of Gandello and some of Rogelzar, there's a big fight between the Superman family and Rogelzar. So what what did you think about the uh, villains in this issue and uh, what happened to them? Yeah, so I liked the fight with Rogelzar. I thought that was cool. I liked seeing Gandello again. Although, again, again, I had uh, questions about how Gandello, at the end of the issue, she ends up on her spaceship with... Um, with my favorite character, whose name I forgot. Oh, you're talking about Hackman, aren't you? Hackman, of course. The little, Hackman, the little yeah. red alien minion. Yes, uh, it was so great to see Hackman back again. <laughs> uh, the story's really been missing something since he's been gone. <laughs> uh, but I see that he's like he's back. You know what? He's back, and he's also like such a great employee. He's such <laughs> a great employee. He takes pride in his work. 
uh, he wants to know, he always is going above and beyond. He's like, what's the next move? He's trying to make a synthesized ancient Kryptonian virus. Like he's 12 steps ahead of the game. And it's, it's to Gandello's great detriment that she is not listening to Hackman more often. Cause I think that he, he could really blow this thing right up. Like, I know I'm not supposed to be on the villain side, Supergirl and everything, <laughs> but Hackman, he's got some great ideas. Uh, and I don't feel like he's really being utilized at his current place of employment. But uh, <laughs> so it was great, great to see Hackman back. <laughs> but also, how did Gandello get there? Did, did you under, did, were you following that? Apparently, I followed nothing in this issue. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, are you talking about at the very end? So it's in it's so on it's on page nine. Um, they're on the Trillium warship, and they see Gandello just floating in the <laughs> middle of space. Now, my question is, how did she get there? The last we had seen of Gandello, she was with uh, Zinder Cole, I believe on the planet like encased in ice suddenly she's floating in space i think she was zender was encased in ice but i think gandello wasn't well she might have been encased in ice too but i thought it was underground yeah i thought that supergirl had put a lock on gandello (laughs) like i thought she was i i thought so i thought supergirl had like worked through her anger and she almost killed Gandello. And then remember when Krypton was the very best boy. Yes. And, save, and saved her from, from killing Gandello. And then instead she was like, okay, well, I'm going to have the authorities like take care of you. And then she, she did something that what I assume locked Gandello down. But here's Gandello just floating <laughs> through space. And they like have to like take her into the ship. And she's like in pretty bad shape. But also, how did she get into space? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like Hackman was like probably saved her just through the power of positive thinking because he's like, <laughs> you must be alive, milady, you must. And it's like, uh, again, thank you, Hackman. Uh, only one really doing any work around here. But like, <laughs> I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around how she'd gotten just floating in space. She's like just floating in the middle of uh, in the middle of like the stars on on page uh, on page nine. What like how? <laughs> so you you think you're paying too much attention to this issue? I apparently <laughs> didn't pay enough attention because I was just reading it as is, and I didn't even think about that. But you are 100 <laughs> percent right. She was in the ground last time we saw her. How did that happen? All I needed was like a line of dialogue where she was like, "I you know I had a, a I don't know a transporter, and I." I I weakly transported myself here to the, the <laughs> confines of space. And it's like, okay, whatever. But like, <laughs> she's just, she's just there. And I don't know how or why. And, and so I had questions like, well, then where's Zinder Cole? If like, is he floating around space too? <laughs> Last time we knew he, he realized that the, the Rogels are cultist. Uh, were still alive. The ones uh, that Gandello killed. Apparently, they were. That's that's the last we've seen of Zendercole. So who knows now? He could just be floating out in space. I don't know. Yeah, that's a really, it's <laughs> a really good point about Gandello. Unexplained. I was very confused about that. Uh, I did like her fight 
when she's fighting with um, it's her and Superman and uh, Superboy, uh, and they're all fighting together. Um, I guess it's like Rogelzar and uh, and a bunch of other people. Apparently, they're in the middle of like a three-way war, um, which what was I don't know what that was about. Um, and and there's really little context given to it. <laughs> uh, Superman says really early on, we're in the middle of a three-party war with the Kuns. Uh, is it Kuns? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think so. The Thanagarians and the Trillium forces, all trying to kill Jor-El. What? Why? Uh, <laughs> all, all this plus Zod, Jax-Ur, and Rogel's R. Like, they're skimming over a whole <laughs> lot of stuff here, is what I'm saying. I was like, could I get like another 15 boxes telling me what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> um, so I-, I enjoyed the fight, but I had no context for it. So I was like, I get- okay, so they're fighting Rogelzar. Is- I was like, wait, dude, is that Zod? Wait, okay, he's gone. Never mind. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it was, uh, yeah, I had many questions. Because uh, there is a panel on page, okay. On page 11, where Supergirl and Superman are both punching Zod. And that's the moment where I went, wait, dude, Zod's in this? And then he's gone. <laughs> he's never mentioned again. It's so and true. So, <laughs> and so I had so many questions again. The only person I recognized <laughs> was Rogel Zar. And, uh, and I thought that it was pretty cool how, like, when they're fighting and, like, uh, uh, apparently you can breathe fine in space, but no one can hear you talk. That's the real problem about space. And so she hits him with the ax and he's like, Ugh. but the, uh, the caption is just a black box. <laughs> Love that. That was probably my favorite part of this issue was the, uh, <laughs> the creative use of not being able to communicate in space. I loved that. Yeah. Cause there's another one. There's a, another really good one. That's, um, on page 12 at the sort of the bottom where super is talking to Rogozar and Rogozar is saying something back yeah. to her, but <laughs> you can't Incredible. see anything. But she's, she's so far away from everybody else that <laughs> apparently she can breathe just fine, but she just can't talk. I just, I had so many questions in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> All valid questions. <laughs> Well, they mentioned like something like anti-Kryptonianism, I think is how you say yeah. that. So I, I didn't know what that was about. Okay. Uh, have, is that have, a thing? <laughs> have, have we seen something in these issues where I, I guess Gandello and her people maybe have some anti-Kryptonianism leanings because yeah, they don't seem I mean, to be big fans. Also, why are they all trying to, why are three different groups of people, not just like Zod or Rogelzar, but three different groups of people trying to kill Jor-El? <laughs> and why would, that, why would that cause them all to have a war with each other? Right? <laughs> like, if it's a three-party war, is it they've combined together? They're not fighting each other so much? Is they're all like fighting together to kill Jor-El because it seemed like they were all mad at each other is the thing. Like at one point <laughs> Rogelzar just pops into the middle of this like Kund ship and he the guy's like, hey, how dare you? And Rogelzar's like, bye. And then like just <laughs> blows a hole in the ship. And like, okay, I, I get that these people aren't like super kind, but seems like a bad look for your allies. <laughs> Unless they're not involved in this fight at all. It's hard to tell. There's way too many people involved in this. <laughs> 
I think we got the answer to why Superman is not real happy to see his dad. <laughs> I think we have. We don't know fully why, but uh, the fact that all these people are trying to kill him, there's probably something that we don't know that would be uh, going into that. Yeah, I just, uh, I wish, I wish we had just gotten like a panel of backstory on what was going on, why everybody was mad at Jor-El, why Clark is mad at Jor-El, why Zod is involved in any of this at all, <laughs> besides to get his face punched. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you would think the Kryptonians would band together. If there's an anti-Kryptonianism movement afoot, wouldn't the Kryptonians all want to join up and be a united front? Why are they fighting Zod and Jack Zor? I, I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, so there's uh, obviously some things that maybe have happened in another story that we don't know, but I think we've we've talked about this many times. It would be nice if they're going to do these things in an issue like this that is crossing over with another story. Present some context. Let us know what's going on, because we may not be reading those other you know, action comics or whatever issues. So we don't know what's going on. So th sometimes they'll put like an editor's note, a little box that says, see action comics 367 or whatever it is. So you can go back and read that. But with some of this, this is, this is pretty heavy stuff. So they need to include it, I think, within the dialogue or within the inner monologues that Kara is going through because maybe <laughs> do we even know if Kara knows all this context so those are the kinds of things that I wish comic book writers would do yeah it was just a little bit it was just a little bit abrupt a lot of the stuff that was happening in this one and I understand it's because obviously she's in kind of a, a Superman story but we're still reading Supergirl, so I want to be able to follow it and not be quite as confused as I was in this issue. I mean, Crypto was great, though. Yeah, no, I mean, Crypto, always good. Yeah, I have, I have nothing I have nothing to say about Crypto. He, crypto has never confused me. <laughs> <laughs> we always know what he's thinking and feeling and uh, <laughs> what his motivations are. Um, okay, so I guess we've sort of talked about the art a little bit, unless you have any more story points you want to bring up. No, I, I don't think so. Um, let me see about art. It had like one, there was something really great with crypto, but I can't find the page that it was on. I think it, maybe it was like when they were all getting ready to like fight together and crypto was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Oh, no, it was on page 15 when they all do the heat vision, including crypto. Huh. <laughs> okay, I, I guess I do have a question about that. And, and I guess this is more, I don't know if this is a story question or a um, uh, an art question, but because they all use the heat vision at the same time, it's this big, I mean, heat vision fireball that goes out and goes against Rogel's art. Did they kill him? Because we never see him again. And then they go back <laughs> on the ship, uh, whatever ship they're on, and they're sort of celebrating and everything is fine. Everything's great. We're, we're hugging out. They don't seem concerned about Rogel's R anymore. No, they, they just blasted him with four different heat visions. <laughs> uh, he doesn't look happy at the bottom of this panel on page 15 he looks 
quite sad. Uh, and and so do his little buddies that were with him. Doesn't seem like it went well for him. And then it's just rough, 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 and onto the <laughs> ship. <laughs> it seemed a little cavalier to me that they would just do that and then go back on the ship and have happy times. Yeah, it was a little strange, definitely. I had a lot of questions because then they're like on to Gandello, right? Like, like they're not they're not caring about Rogel Czar so much. Is it because they incinerated him? I don't I don't know. It, it seems especially weird because in the very in the very last issue that we had that we read, it was all about Kara not letting her rage uh, <laughs> take control of her and not killing Gandello. And then like. 10 minutes later, she's uh, maybe maybe burning Rogelzar to a crisp. It feels like <laughs> and, and and Crypto is very supportive this time around. So. <laughs> no, he stood in front of the axe He's to stop her. <laughs> so I I don't know. I have a lot of questions with that as well. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they know where they want to take uh, Supergirl and uh, dealing with the matter of to kill or not to kill. Because uh, it <laughs> definitely, to me, I don't know. Maybe Rogelzar will show up in a, another issue, and he'll be like, "I survived all that heat vision. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little burnt to a crisp, but I'm fine. I'm good. I'm still, I'm still kicking. I'm toasty, but don't worry about me. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see if he's still kicking around." Um, the only other thing besides the, uh, speech bubbles, the, uh, well, I guess the speech bubbles that had no speech in them in this issue, loved that. But the other thing that I thought was great about the art, and this is sort of a superficial thing, but I loved the way the artist drew Supergirl's hair. I thought the hair was, because, you know, sometimes artists can't quite get the, the flowy nature of hair, especially for characters who could fly who are, or, or who are hanging out in space, things like that. But uh, this this was especially, I thought, good on page nine. There's a top panel of Supergirl. And then on page 14, I thought was another fantastic hair s- shot. So I just wanted to give it up for the hair in this issue. I thought Supergirl's hair was, um, uh, what, what did the kids used to say on fleek? I think uh, I think it was looking great uh, in this issue. So that that to me would were the two big uh, standouts in terms of the art, the speech bubble, creative choice, and the hair. And I also liked the 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 cliffhanger um, ending, the big splash page, the full page with all of the cape action. I enjoyed that. There was a lot of cape uh, cape in that. So in- much cape. <laughs> she's got a cape. Superboy's got a cape. And you know my boy Crypto's got a cape, <laughs> and he is ready. He's like, I know, Gandello, that I saved you last time, but it turns out I have a taste for blood. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Crypto's really turned a corner, and he's, re- he's ready to fight now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone explain that character choice to us. <laughs> we don't understand what happened. Uh, so, yeah, so I think there were some good parts uh, in terms of the art for this issue. All right, Morgan, so do you have any other uh, or overall thoughts, uh, likes, dislikes? Uh, what did you think about this issue? I liked getting to see her uh, talking to to, uh, to Clark and um, having an adventure with the whole Super family. I thought that was really fun, um, getting to see her interacting with John 
and uh, and crypto and and the fighting together and all that stuff was fun. I just had so many questions. <laughs> I was just mostly confused. Uh, it didn't mean I didn't enjoy the issue. I had a fun time. I was just going along with it. But it was like every page I turned, I would be like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I'll go, okay, go with it. And I turn a page and I was like, wait, Candela is in space? <laughs> I just turn the page again. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like I haven't had as many questions about a single issue um, since like uh, turn golden axe. <laughs> Uh, this one was a puzzler for me. <laughs> the Turin Golden Axe is a real landmark issue and uh, episode of, of Superhero Radio. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, it is the gold standard for uh, confusing issues of a comic book. Uh, so I I think that I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, the story, I I just ended up going with it and totally missed all the great points that you brought up. <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought this to the table because you have valid reasons why it is a concern for some of those things. Uh, but I think I, I mostly enjoyed this one for the Superman family and getting to see them uh, interact. Um, so there was some good action in here. Um, it didn't, I don't think, progress the story a whole lot. Um, but... Mm -hmm. I think there was yeah. some some fighting that happens, but I, I don't think we know too much more. Except, well, I mean, the Jor-El thing is new, but um, but I, I don't think it got it didn't push Supergirl's character. I don't think in any kind of way. So that's kind of the the one critique I would have in terms of the stories that I don't, I don't feel like it pushed Kara forward uh, as much. Otherwise, uh, uh, an inter entertaining read, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 31. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 31 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. You can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 uh, p.m. Eastern. I don't know. In the doc, it had a very specific 6.31 <laughs> p.m. Eastern. <laughs> If it's 6.32, we don't want it. <laughs> I don't know why that one was there. <laughs> we run a tight ship here. <laughs> so make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, may maybe I'll let it slide if it's 6.31. But 6.30 for sure to shoot for. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show, Radio Public, and Podchaser. We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And you can find all the links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com. And you can find them on the right side of that page. Uh, we do have some things, some events coming up that we need to uh, remind everybody of. 
If you want to go to supergirlradio.com, you can also find on the right side of the page a section called Upcoming Live Streams. And that's where you can click on our Facebook events for all of our live streams for information about them. So we've got on November 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have Supergirl the Movie Debate. Morgan and I are going to go head-to-head having an actual formal debate. Main arguments, rebuttals, final statements, everything. Uh, So we're going to be doing that live on YouTube and Facebook on November 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern. On December 1st uh, at 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, we are raising money for the uh, organization known as RAIN in honor of Melissa Benoist and what she has been through in her personal experience. Uh, We are going to be having some listener-led segments for that live stream. So if you think that you have something you want to talk about for 30 minutes, uh, feel free to email us at supergirlradio@gmail.com and send, send us your segment pitches. Uh, we've got two time slots left. So uh, let us know if there's anything that you want to talk to for that. It can be about anything. Just uh, make sure to tie it to Supergirl. So that's all we ask. And our final live stream that we just decided we were going to do um, is a live stream about A Princess for Christmas, which is uh, Katie McGrath's Christmas movie, which is currently streaming on Netflix. So if you're interested in that, you can go hop over to Netflix and watch that. Uh, we're going to be talking about that on December 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so that'll actually be... Um, I looked at the schedule, and uh, I think that's going to be our final episode of 2020. For Supergirl what Radio. A way to go out, too. Yeah, I think it Except is. for Christmas. <laughs> I think that's a given because we're going to be taking a couple of weeks off for uh, the Christmas break, some of the holidays there, uh, the New Year. So we'll come back in 2021 refreshed, ready to get back into whatever we're going to have to get back into forever, forever how long uh, that's going to be. We, have, we still have no idea when Supergirl Season 6, the final season, is going to air. Uh, so we're just going to keep talking about things. Uh, we will have the Supergirl Radio 300th episode coming up as well. So stay tuned for that. That will be happening in 2021. And just really quickly, we have some giveaways that we're doing. So uh, <clears throat> we have a giveaway that we're doing on Instagram for free copies of the audiobook version of Bill Meeks's book, Fan Podcasting the Complete Guide, which we, Morgan and I, are actually featured in, and that uh, mentions Supergirl Radio listeners uh, quite a bit. So if you want to hear Bill actually read that book and, I guess, read our quotes, I need to get the audiobook so I can hear him (laughs) reading about us. Um, So if you're interested in getting a free copy of that, um, we're going to have a link to that Instagram post in the show notes for this. And it, it is also, it's also on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page where it says giveaways. And you can click on that. And all you have to do is make sure you're following Supergirl Radio on Instagram uh, to comment on the post and tag a friend on the post. And we will send you a code and a link on how to redeem it. And the last thing that we have to send out as a reminder for people, uh, Kat Calamia, one of the hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, is also a comic book writer. 
who is in need of backers for her comic series, Like Father, Like Daughter. So they're trying to uh, get a Kickstarter going for Like Father, Like Daughter, number one through seven, a superhero drama. And if you'd like to help and back that Kickstarter, um, if you'll go uh, to the link, we'll have that in the episode show notes, as well as on SupergirlRadio.com on the right side of the page where it says giveaways. You can find the, the link to the Kickstarter there. And if you back that Kickstarter and write hashtag legendary ladies in the comment section of the Kickstarter, you'll receive a digital copy of Kat's book. Uh, they call her The Dancer, number one. Uh, so we will uh, be including all the links for all of these things in our show notes. And if you uh, uh, go to SuperRollRadio.com, you'll find everything there, either on the top menu or on the right side of the page. You'll be able to find the links. So hopefully that is not confusing to anyone. And hopefully uh, <laughs> you will be able to uh, go and support uh, these people and uh, get some free stuff. I understand it's a lot of information. <laughs> Just go. You can just go to the website. We've got it all there. Just go to supergirlradio.com. All your questions will be answered. And now we throw it over to Amy from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you're interested in the Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Stargirl, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, and the upcoming Superman and Lois series or DC TV After Dark, make sure to follow DC TV podcasts on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed if you want all those podcasts in one place. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. That's kind of my most uh, active place right now. I have a lot of ideas for YouTube and I never have time to do any of them. Uh, but I'm trying to take a few uh, pretty pictures here and there. Uh, so that's the pr- pretty much the uh, best place to follow me is on Instagram at the Derby Kid. But I'm also on Vero. If you uh, want to check me out on Vero, uh, you can follow me there. I'm sharing a lot about uh, the movies I'm watching lately. Rewatched uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Still holds up. Classic. A cinematic classic. The greatest cinematic crossover ever made between... Uh, I think it's Warner Brothers and Disney. Yeah, because Bugs Bunny and uh, Mickey Mouse are together in a scene. So the greatest cinematic crossover. Sorry, sorry, Marvel. Sorry, uh, <laughs> other cinematic crossovers. Uh, you you just can't compare it with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's fantastic. Uh, but if you go on Vero, that's kind of the stuff I do there. Is I post pictures and share movies that I'm watching or music I'm listening to. So if you're interested in that check it out uh, you can find me on twitter and instagram at mojotastic you can also find me as a co-host on uh, dc tv after dark as well as the legends of tomorrow podcast where we are gonna i believe we're gonna talk about some aliens we're talking some aliens we have a, a tentative scheduled uh, podcast probably gonna happen uh <laughs> this week which means you're gonna get a lot of alien content i need to watch a a number of alien based documentaries to really mm. come with the truth, man. I'm going to, I'm going to blow this whole thing wide <laughs> open. Uh, so you might be asking yourself, Morgan, are aliens real? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to give you the definitive answer in this episode <laughs> of legends of the legends of tomorrow podcast. I don't want to, Oh, I don't want to hype this up too, too, too far, but like people are going to look back and be like, that's when we learned about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that is good to know well i will definitely be tuning in and uh i'll be interested in hearing about the documentaries that you watch because i'm sure i'm sure there's some good ones out there i was like just googling 
best documentaries about aliens last night. So you know it's going to be great. I'm going to come with only the highest, uh, most quality information. Uh, Kat, I, I believe the plan as it stands now is that Kat's going to take us through the DC uh, universe aliens. Oh, cool. Amy's going to take us um, through some pop cultural aliens. Um, and I am going to take us through the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to look up. So I'm, uh, I'm currently looking up the best episodes of ancient aliens to watch <laughs> just to know which of the pyramids they built. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's going to be, that's going to be a winner. It's going to be such a good episode. I look forward to it. Um, and uh, let let us know if we need to watch any of those documentaries uh, for sure. I oh, mean, I will. I, I, I'll include my reviews. As well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right. Well, uh, I guess we uh, we talk about aliens. The Legends of Tomorrow podcast is going to be talking about aliens. Just going to be a lot of alien talk in your DCTV uh, podcast mega feed if you choose to listen that way. All right. Well, thank you uh, to everybody who uh, listened to this and joined us as we continue to catch up on Supergirl comics. (laughs) 